this search is all about. Well, we'd like you to know that we're a group of ordinary people who are on an amazing journey together following Christ. Our guide is the Bible because it's the divinely inspired Word of God and it will never take us in the wrong direction. Along the way, we hope you'll see that we are welcoming and spiritually passionate and that getting to know you is a big deal to us. We know that the road is rough sometimes, but we'll work really hard to bring you practical and relevant messages to equip and encourage you through life's ups and downs. We want you to know that we care about this community, and we believe that it's our job to make it a better place. So, no matter who you are or where you've been, we're glad you're here with us today. And we hope that you'll join us on our journey, following Christ and living out His plan for us. So, welcome to church. Good morning. Hey, stand with us. Jesus, I pray that you'll be glorified in everything that happens today. We love you, God. Amen. Sing with us. When all I see is the battle. When all I see is the battle. You see the victory. When all I see is the mountain. You see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadows, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. With my hands lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you. In every fear I'll lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night, oh God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible with you. Oh, when all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty. 
on us and that we pour out to the world, Jesus, be lifted high. God, I thank you for the way that you're moving in our church. I thank you for the way that you are moving in our midst. I thank you for the way that you are transforming lives, changing us from what we were to what you would have us to be. And Jesus, that comes as we are obedient to you, that comes as we follow you, that comes as we give ourselves away, it comes as we, well, God, it comes sometimes as we cry out to you and you come to our rescue. So Jesus, today we come from different places. Some of us are dealing with health issues. Some of us are dealing with emotional scars from the past. Some of us are dealing with difficult job situations. And then there are others of us that are just taking in the beauty of your grace and your mercy. And we're noticing little God flavors in the world. And we're noticing this God light all over the world as we walk in your grace. And Jesus, thank you that you're the God that walks with us in all situations. And so, God, I pray that for the next few moments we can set aside anything that distracts us. I pray that for the next few moments you'll help us to remember that the battle is yours. You are Christ the victor. I pray that you'll help us to remember how worthy you are. And I pray that our lives will exhibit our praise to you. And Jesus, I pray that as trials and troubles come our way, you will help us to remember that our first action isn't to try to solve the problem. Our first action isn't to try to do it on our own. Our first action should always be prayer coming to you. 
because you are the one who rescues us. Thank you for this time. I pray that everything that happens here over the next few minutes will be God-ordained. I pray that your spirit will work in each person's heart so that they hear a word from you. Not so that they hear Garen or Jen or Jason or anyone else, but that they hear a word from you, Father. Our words are fleeting, but when you speak into our hearts, God, it changes everything. So we open ourselves up to you. We give this time to you. We choose to get rid of distractions. And we are going to wholeheartedly engage in this service because we know that you have something for us. We pray this all in the beautiful name of Jesus, the one who saves us. We pray this all in the mighty power of the Holy Spirit that is in us and at work in this world. And we pray this all to you, Father. Amen. So last week, we have a couple of them here. If you went to teen camp, come on up. Come on up. I know more than she went because I drove y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, they're, they're working live stream and words and everything. So, um, which, while we're waiting for them to come up, thank you to those who work tires, tirelessly throughout the week so that we can come in and engage. Band, AV, tech, love you guys. Outside people, What? It looks awesome outside. It really does. Um, so, these t- these teens, I want to say kids, plus two, went to camp, and it was a crazy time. And Jen, I'm going to let you take it a little bit. And if they want to share, they can. If they don't want to, they don't have to. I just asked them to think about what's the best thing that happened this past week. The best thing. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, um, I just am sad for the rest of y'all that you didn't get to go to camp. Um, I'm never sure when I go into a week like that um, how exhausted I'm going to be or how, like, hungry I'm going to (laughs) be because camp food isn't great. But this week was so life-giving and so inspiring, and it was so good to be with these girls and and the two others that came. And um, I'm just grateful And here's the thing. I think all of us can learn a lot from these students. Not just these, but in general. Y'all, it was like, it was like before they even came to camp, they had already decided, I'm going to respond to God. It was as if they said, regardless of who the speaker is, regardless of how good the music is, regardless of anything, I'm going to respond to God because, y'all, it was immediate. There was no hesitation from these students. There was none. We think that they are so image conscious that they, um, that they care so much about what other people think, and I think that that's us projecting onto them. I think that we care what people think about us, and so we assume that everyone else is the same. But, man... They responded, I wish that you could have been there. 
So next year you can if you want to. You can go to camp. Um, It actually may have been for a mom easier than vacation because they cooked and they planned the activities. So I just got to go along with the stuff. So I I would say um, beyond the late nights, it it may have been easier than vacation. So if that's motivation for you for next year, come on. You'll love it. So the question was, what was the best thing at camp? Maybe I can reframe it a little bit. Maybe give these people a little bit of FOMO, fear of missing out. I'm cool. Um, So... (laughs) That's still a thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that it is. Um, what maybe you're like the best thing, or what do you wish they could have experienced? Okay, how's that? Um, because you're mine. Um, I think that the best part of camp, honestly, was just the music. I feel like refuge from Trebekah was like amazing plus Trebekah night that was a lot of fun but I think that that was like my favorite part so we our speaker um, was Pastor Lindsay I think she came from like Alabama yeah well she was I really liked her she was super cool and like it felt like the first night I was like I because you never really know because it's like a different person you've never met before so you don't really know like Oh, if I'm going to be able to relate. And the first night I was like listening and I was trying to get into it. And then all of a sudden it was like every single night. And every time she spoke, I'm like, why is she talking to me? <laughs> like, it just felt like she always had something that was like, it like really like touched us and everybody like to related to it in a different way. And it was really cool to go with like and meet other kids and stuff who, because like we're at school all the time and like, yeah, there's kids there who, like, you know, uh, walk a path of faith and stuff, but you're not always surrounded by just people who want to see you, like, grow and make the best decisions for yourself. So it's, like, pretty amazing not only to grow in our faith, like, as a person, but as a group and, like, to see how everybody else around us was being changed. I just liked the worship the most. So um, our Nazarene University from our region, Trevecca, um, sent a band that blew our minds. We couldn't believe that like college students could do what they did. They were amazing. Um, and also they sent other students who helped plan games and just connect with the students. And so we're really grateful for how Trevecca invests in our teenagers too. We're not going to keep, this is terrible for y'all. So can y'all just like Give them, give them, like, oh, my goodness. This is definitely not their favorite thing to do. You can go. So one of the, um, there were two things that Pastor Lindsay said at camp every, every night before she began. There were two rules every night, and the rules were no assumptions. So don't make any assumptions about the people around you. Don't make any assumptions about, like, even where you are in your own faith, I mean, be open to, to God and, and how he's going to work in your life and the people around you. And not, don't be judgy if people um, are responding and you're like, what? I thought you were fine. Um, and then permission granted. Y'all remember? And she said over and over again, you don't have to wait. 
you don't have to wait for an invitation to respond to God. You don't have to wait for the music to start and for the emotions to kind of get you wrapped up into this. When God speaks, respond immediately. And they did. Immediately. I mean in the middle of, of all the stuff. Walking from, from their dorm to dinner. I mean, students were responding to God immediately in that moment. Um, and so, y'all... Permission granted. Permission granted. You don't have to wait for us to say, hey, do you want to respond to God? Mm -mm. No, you get to do that whenever he speaks. Um, As we move into this time, I hope that you um, can remember that. Because other people need to know the freedom that comes from knowing Jesus, right? Other people need to know that there is peace in following Jesus. And so we greet each other on Sunday mornings, but this is an act of worship because we are expressing to each other the actual gospel of Jesus. We are expressing to one another his peace that only he can give. And so will you stand with me? And will you receive this? Friends, may the peace of Christ be with you today. Thank you. Please extend that peace and the gospel of Jesus to each other. And kids, meet me in that front, on that front door right there.
right, grab a donut, some coffee. No, you don't have to. It's fun hearing those uh, camp stories. Uh, and I'm glad they talked about camp because me and my kids, we were actually making up motions to all the songs back there earlier while you all are singing up here. And it reminded me of camp. Uh, I actually, this may surprise you, but I was a camp speaker one time. And uh, one time, I guess, was enough for them. I, so uh, anyway, we've got, I'll be here all night, kids. Yeah. I actually did. So my last church, I actually had a guy come visit. I knew his family. And, uh, you know, you preach every Sunday when you're the lead pastor. And he came up and he was serious. He's like, you should look into going into Christian comedy. And I was like, well, I that's pretty much Sunday mornings. And my wife hates it already. So I'm serious. She, uh, anyway. We better get on with the, with the show here, right? All right, so we've got some announcements. Who here likes to eat? Who here likes people? You don't even have to like people because we're going to have food here no, no matter what next week. We're going to have our potluck. So bring something if you like. If you don't want to bring something, we're going to have enough for you anyway. Just be sure to be here because it is one of my favorite times in the life of a church family is when we gather to eat together. It is just team building. It is community building. I have gotten to know many of you much better just because of our potlucks. It's just a time for us to get together and sit down and talk and learn and grow. So be here next Sunday. Uh, We're going to have a great time. We do have something with Bright Beginnings Preschool coming up. Looks like they're going to have a grill. Well, they're going to have a grill, and they are going to grill as well. On August 10th, that is a Wednesday, correct? So it looks like from 5 to 7 p.m., they need some help grilling with their Meet the Parents night. Now, I don't know if this is part of the plan, but it's always part of my plan, and I think it's part of God's plan. You don't just come here to grill because they need help grilling. Do you realize there are kids and parents that go to Christian schools who don't know Christ? Every opportunity in life is a chance to share Jesus. And this is going to hit hard. If you don't look for chances to share Jesus, am I allowed to say this? I'm not sure if you understand the mission of Jesus. We are disciple makers. It is very uncomfortable, right? But this is just another chance to learn about how great, how great it is to share And once you get into sharing, even in the most weird times, there is a thrill that comes from that mission when you partner with Jesus and say, I want to help bring this kingdom. Well, another another time, a lot less uh, people interaction. Maybe you all are more of a, you'd rather sweat than talk to people. Well, then great. We've got another opportunity, right, Mark? Wood chips. One of my greatest memories from this last year was spreading out wood chips, correct? So it looks like uh, in the next few weeks we're going to have some wood chips brought here. And it really doesn't take long. It was really quick work last year. What's that? Just, just a couple of wood chips, right, Mark? And so we need a lot of, uh, a lot of hands, and uh, even aching backs are welcome. We need to spread those wood chips out. And it just helps with the kids, keeps them safe. And it's just part of what we need to do yearly to uh, help with the Bright Beginnings Preschool. To be announced. All right. Now, time for offering. 
When you think about offering, what's the first thing you think about? How many of you are already thinking about, oh, I didn't bring cash or a check? Well, you know what? I want you to talk to God about what you're supposed to give in your life. He may or may not want your money. But there are things that he does want from you. And how many of you have been struck with something recently that God is calling you to give, and you're like, I don't want to give that. But you're like, God, I've got this, I'll give you. Well, you know there are times in the Bible when God says, I don't want that offering that you're going to give. You know that? There are things you're like, yeah, I'll gladly give that up. And God's like, I know you will. That's why I didn't ask you to do it. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't know what it is. It might be some theoretical thing. It might be tangible. I don't know. But God is calling you to offer up something for your good. The best times in life is when we are in, uh, when we are synchronized with God's will, when we understand what He wants, and we say, God, I will gladly give up what you're calling me to give because, man, this journey is about to get a billion times better. So let's pray together and pray that He will reach into our hearts, shake us around a little bit, and we'll finally understand that following Him wholeheartedly, there is nothing greater. Father, we come to You, we praise You. And as we sung about all these things, that praising you, Lord, there's nothing that you want more. We want to be in the center of your will. And Lord, whatever it is that you are asking us to offer up, help us to understand that it is for us. And somehow, just like your sacrifice, your ultimate sacrifice, Jesus, was actually for our good, the things that you ask us to offer up. They are ultimately for our good as your kingdom becomes more tangible here on this earth. We praise you, Father, and we ask that you help us not to be afraid as we start these journeys, maybe brand new journeys. These kids who are at camp, they gave their lives to you for the first time, or those of us who have been following you for decades and decades, and we're finally like, wow, I've been missing the point. I've got to get my rear in gear. Lord, I pray that you help us all to not be afraid as you call us to just an, an absolutely incredible journey. We praise you, Father. We praise you. In your name, amen. Dear God, we just thank you for this food and thank you for your nourishment life for our body. We thank you for this meal together as a family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God, I'm praying for my family right now. We're all sick and we need your healing. God, I pray for this presentation today that may go well. Whatever the outcome is, just have it be your will. All right, God. So I know I'm not really ready for this test, but please help me not to fail it. God, thank you for good friends, for giving me the strength and the friendship that I need. Today's going to be so hard. God, I need your strength. Lord, please help my parents stop fighting. 
Lord, thank you so much for my grandparents. God, give me the strength to get my family through this. God, I'm so happy. I pray that you would bless our marriage. Am I okay? No ringing? All right. I know some of you are like, yeah, you're on. (laughs) Oh, well. All right, so welcome to church. We have been in Matthew 6 since Easter, and we are plowing through, um, I wouldn't say at a snail's pace, but uh, we are... Sucking all the marrow out that we can. We're, we're getting everything we can out of, out of these passages. And so we've been focused on prayer. And you, if you recall, Jesus talks about, hey, don't be like the hypocrites because they do this. Instead, be like this. Don't be like the hypocrites. They like to stand on the corner and blast their trumpet and, hey, look at me. I'm so awesome. And Jesus says, you can have the praise of people or you can have the praise of God, but you can't have both. Don't be like them. Isn't it better to have the praise of God than the praise of people? And last week, Pastor Tim talked about don't babble on and on when you pray. And I love, uh, he brought up the message translation where um, Eugene Peterson puts it this way. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. And the challenge was, don't fill up space with all this just idle idle words. It's like, some of us, it's almost like we think we're getting paid by the word for our prayers. And so we're going to have the longest prayer and we're going to repeat things. And it's almost like, have you ever seen someone kind of stumble around words and you know, They're trying to think of the next thing, and so they're just kind of babbling on and on until they catch their train of thought. You might, a good example might be every Sunday here, because I feel like I do that a lot. But uh, I don't mean to, but sometimes I do. But don't, blah, 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 blah. God knows what you need. Take your request to God and trust God. So we've been preparing, and I was ready to launch into the Lord's Prayer this week, and I started to think, "Uh uh-oh, wait a minute. We've been talking so much about how not to pray and what not to do that there may be some of us here that are saying, okay, well then, why am I praying? You're telling me not to do it for all these reasons, so why exactly am I doing this? So we're going to push back the Lord's Prayer series to next week. And this week, we're going to talk about the wins and whys of prayer. Why do we pray? When are we called to pray? And before we begin, I have three challenges. Ready? Three challenges for you. Are you ready? Say yes. Awesome. Hold up one finger so that you remember. Challenge number one. Uno. I want you to do your best to make a commitment to come every Sunday during the Lord's Prayer series. Be here in person. They say that in January and August, when the new year starts and the new school year starts, those are great times for people to start good habits. 
What if next week you started the good habit of coming to church and instead of hearing one sermon out of a series of five weeks, you actually heard the majority of the series? Think how that would make so much more sense if you heard more than one little snippet of a series. So that's challenge number one. Make every effort you can to be here every Sunday you can. Challenge number two. Everybody hold up two fingers. I want to challenge you to bring your Bibles. Now, I have gone to the digital age, and I use version and I do this and that. But there's, there's just something nice about bringing my Bible. Um, for one thing, it's easier for me to write notes in my Bible. It's a lot easier than me just like, highlighting in the U version and then going to the notes section and then I never look at it again. So, I challenge you. Number one, hey, come to church. Number two, hey, bring your Bible. Number three, you ready? Hold up three. Invite someone to join you. Y'all, this feels old school, but it's, that's okay. We're going to be talking about prayer. Prayer is such a vital part of the life of the believer. But not only that, prayer is important to a lot of people even who might not yet be part of the faith. In 2017, Barna did a poll and they found, get this, 25% of people who say they have no faith at all and 28% of people who say, I have faith but I'm not a Christian. Not that faith. Still pray. So you never know. You might think, oh, they're not a Christian. They don't want to know about prayer. They may still be praying. Wouldn't it be nice if you invited them to a service that connected them to the creator of the world to whom we pray, the one true living God? And their life could be changed forever. So, hey, come to church when you can. Hey, bring your Bible. Hey, invite someone to come with you. This could be if, if the research is right, if the polls are correct, this might be the easiest ask you ever have. Hey, my church is doing a series on prayer. I know a lot of people pray. You want to know more about prayer? I do. You want to come with me? And then you leave it up to the Holy Spirit. It's not your job to coerce people. Just leave it up to the Spirit and let God, let God do God's thing. All right? So, One of the biggest problems that I think a lot of people have when we talk about prayer. I know when I say, hey, would you mind praying for us on Sunday or this and that? If you take out the, I get nervous speaking in front of people. The biggest response I get is people say, I just don't know what to pray. I don't know. I don't know how to pray. I don't, I don't know what, what I'm supposed to do when you ask me to pray or when I'm supposed to be praying. So what we're going to do this week is we're just going to take snapshot pictures of some things that we do, some reasons we pray, some when we praise and why we pray ideas. This is not an exhaustive list. This could go on for a long time because there are tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of situations and reasons why we pray. But I just want to give you a couple. I... So, one reason we pray. We pray when we're uncertain about the future. 
Jeremiah says, ask me and I'll tell you remarkable secrets you don't know about things to come. Now, let's put this into some context because I hate it when people cherry pick verses. uh, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet and he's called the weeping prophet because he's usually the one being the mouthpiece of God proclaiming some not so great news. Israel has kind of gone astray. They've done their own thing. And Jeremiah is one of the prophets that has the tough task of being God's voice in that situation, which is you're heading towards captivity. Things are going to get worse before they get better. You've made a mess of your life, Israel, and now we're paying for it. However, even in the gloom and doom of Jeremiah, there are these sparks of hope. There are these moments where God says, hey, there are still some wonderful promises for you. There's trouble to come, but there are some good things that are going to be happening. And God says, I want you to pray to me. Call to me, and I'm going to restore. I'm going to heal. I'm going to once again establish you as my living people. You don't know what the future is. And I'm only telling Jeremiah to tell you that it's bleak now, but I'm also telling him to remind you that the future is going to get better because I'm in control. Now, this isn't a roadmap. A lot of times we say, God, tell me what you want me to do, and then you wait for some, like, divine path. That's not what this is about. That's not what Jeremiah is saying. What Jeremiah is saying is that God has promised that when we seek him and we're in communion with him, that God will set all things right. So we pray to remember our hopeful future. Another reason we pray. We pray so that God can reveal wrong motives. This is one that's not as fun. James says, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Have you ever prayed for something and the answer came quickly and easily and beautifully? And then there are other times... You're like, I really want this, God, and you're praying for it, and you're praying for it, and you're praying for it, and nothing is happening. Nothing is moving. Nothing is changing. Could it be that, maybe not all the reasons, but some of the reasons that those things happen is because we're not praying for the right things. We're not praying with the right motives. Our prayers have more I, I, I than you, you, you. And as a result, things get twisted and our prayers feel like they hit a glass ceiling and never leave the building. Maybe it's because our motives aren't what they need to be. How many of us would see more answers to prayer if we would just focus on God and have the right motives, and be praying for the right reasons. So we pray because James tells us a lot of times our prayers will reveal whether we have right motives or wrong motives. And the beauty of that is if our motives are wrong, we then pray to God and say, God, forgive me. Make my motives right. Make my motives pure. I want what you want. So that's another reason. The third reason we pray We pray because God cares about our hurts. 
Psalm 102, I love this. In my Bible, the label of this chapter is a prayer for one overwhelmed with trouble, pouring out problems before the Lord. And David says, he, God, will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. We pray to remind ourselves that we're not far from God's ear. We pray to remind ourselves that we have a God who loves us deeply and is wanting to rescue us. And that we don't have some laissez-faire God out at the end of the universe that will swing by once a month to check in on us. We have a God who is with us that is constantly abiding. It makes me think of that old chorus, He's as close as the mention of His name. You remember that chorus? Jesus, Jesus, He's as close as the mention of His name. We pray because we believe that God is close. Um, I didn't put the slide, but... um, uh, Psalm 34, 18. God's close to the brokenhearted. He heals those that are crushed in spirit. We believe that we have a God that's close to us, and so we pray to this God who is an ever-present help in times of need. Another reason we pray. Y'all, I feel like this is a big one during the COVID era. We pray because we have anxieties. We pray because we're anxious people. It's amazing um, how whether you're pro this or pro that or whether you're angry at this group or angry at that group, it doesn't matter. The underlying current is revealing that in general, we are anxious people. Anxiety. Philippians puts it this way. Don't worry about anything. Oh, easy to say, easy to read, tough to do. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. Then you will experience God's peace. It's that peace that we pass with each other. It's that peace that we pray that we're right with God and that you're right with God and that we're right with each other. You'll experience that peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. Are you a worrier? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I will confess, I am a worrier. I can take the best situation and ruin it by thinking about, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? It's horrible, and I know it about myself, and I can't change it, but I wish I could because I worry, 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 and oh, it's great now, but I know something's going to be coming around the corner. And so many times I find that my my joy is robbed by my worry. Oswald Chambers puts it this way, all our fret and worry is caused by calculating without God. How could our lives change? How could our anxiety levels be lowered? How could our faith be bolstered if we just included God in the formula? If we just said, I don't understand what's going on, but I know that God is in something. 
How could that change our anxiety levels? We pray when we're tempted. Now, this is a passage that's in Matthew when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is right before he's going to be taken off to be crucified. And he's praying. He has his disciples pray. And then he pulls away the inner circle, his three, and he asks them to pray. And then he goes off and prays. And then he comes back and he sees that they're sleeping. And he says, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Spirit is willing, but the body is weak. How many times do we give in to temptation because we haven't preset our default to going to God first? I, um, I was communicating with someone and they were talking about how their daughter has... Um, insulin issues and so she knows she can't have certain things and so she'll go to a buffet and she can walk past foods that I'd be like (laughs) but she can do it because she's she's programmed her brain to say that's not my food that will hurt me it's it's not mine it's not for me what would happen if we could program our minds when temptations come to automatically default to praying to God God that's not for me that's not of you God, deliver me from this. I don't want any part of it. How could your life change? Maybe the avoiding temptation and praying to God would help you a little bit with your worry and anxiety. Maybe it would help me too. Because the truth is, we're under constant attack. Our temptations, I guarantee, are probably not what their temptations were that night. But we still have them. We have a slew of temptations, material things, money, power, lust, desires, recognition, fame. It's, you name it, there are things drawing for our attention. We pray so that we can take our eyes off of what doesn't matter and focus our eyes on who does matter. So we pray to take our eyes off of the temptation and put our eyes upon Jesus. We pray for justice in this world. Now, I didn't put this whole passage because it's kind of lengthy, but I'm going to summarize it for you. You'll recognize it, I'm guessing. It's the passage where Jesus and his disciples are going to the temple and he sees a widow that is trying to have justice done. She's been wronged, and the judge, Scripture says, neither fears God nor men, or something like that. Like, this is just a jerk judge. But the widow persists and persists and persists and persists until the judge finally says, just give her what she wants. Give her justice. I'm sick of this. At le- give her what she wants so she'll leave me alone. And Jesus says... You can learn a lot from that widow. You could learn a lot about what it means to seek justice. And his whole discourse afterwards is about that woman was seeking justice and it was given to her because she was persistent. So keep asking the Father. Keep asking for God's uh, justice to come. Keep asking for God's justice, his, his righteousness and justice to come. Keep praying until it 
happens. And then Jesus gives the promise at the end of that passage that says, because there will be a day when God's justice will reign supreme over everyone. But our job is to keep praying, God, bring it today. Bring it in that situation. Bring it for that person. And God, use me if you want to help be the justice in that situation. A couple more. We pray to draw close to God. I love these two passages. One is David considered one of the greatest kings of Israel, and one is his son, Solomon, who asked for wisdom, and God said, boom, you got it. So we have two pretty big hitters on this one. David says in Psalm 145, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. I don't know all of your stories, and I don't know where you are spiritually, but I know whether you are shoulder to shoulder with Jesus on the outskirts of the kingdom of heaven or you are way gone, but I know that he is close to all who call on him. That's good news. You are never farther away from the creator of the universe, which we are still seeing is expanding and growing. Like we're seeing more and more of this beauty that God's created. You're never farther away from that God than than your words, than whispering his name. And then Solomon, his son, follows it up and reminds us, the Lord's far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. I can't get my girls to listen to me. And yet, the God of all creation is attuned to my prayers. That's amazing. And it's not just me. When you pray, God hears. God listens. God responds. When was the last time you chose to intentionally speak to God? Like the sermon bumper, you know, there were were little things where, like, we're praying before our meals and before the test and this and that, and I've done all of that, trust me. When's the last time you just set aside, hey God, instead of, I, instead of turning on blank news, whichever uh, source you get yours from, I'm going to start my first 15 minutes in your word. When was the last time you intentionally chose to draw close to God? We know that God is close to us when we call on him, but when's the last time you chose to be proactive in this relationship And draw close to God. It's not one of the official three challenges, but I challenge you to draw close to God this week. Draw close to God. I do love that sermon bumper. I love because it has them praying in all different situations. And I think there are a lot of times where we get frustrated when if we would just pray, even if it's just a whisper prayer. Sometimes I don't have time to go into this full discourse of God and I just whisper the name Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And just that brings me back into the reality 
that God is in control, that God is close, that God isn't confused with my situation, but that God is overseeing my life and that God will take care of me. Last one, we're called to pray in all circumstances. I've missed a bunch of them. We could do this, we could do this for weeks with different passages talking about prayer. So let's just sum it up. It doesn't matter what you're doing or where you are. Pray. It's always a good time to pray. Paul says in Ephesians, pray in the Spirit at all times. Ouch, all times. And on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. Do you hear tones of some of the other passages? Stay persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. Little insight into Garen. Almost every Sunday before service, if it's not before service, it's when I'm sitting down here waiting to come up. I pray a form of this verse. I just pray, God, bind me so closely to the gospel that they don't hear my words, that they hear your words. I don't know what your words are going to be because I believe that some of you Maybe hearing God speaking to you about something completely different, but God's working in your life right now on something. And my job is just to get out of the way. God, I don't want my words to be a distraction. So I pray that you will get me out of the way and bind me so close to your truth that what I say and what I do looks exactly like you would have it be because I just want to represent you well. Paul tells us, pray on every occasion. James James fleshes it out a little more and he says this, are any of you suffering hardship? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praise. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. It seems very clear that according to James, prayer is the answer. If you're happy, pray. If you're sick, pray. If you're needy, pray. If you're hurting, pray. If you're frustrated, pray. If you're excited, pray. If you're starting a new job, pray. If you're ending an old job, pray. If you're getting married, pray. If you're hurt, pray. Pray, 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 pray. Thank you. (laughs) Pray, 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 pray. If we could learn... If we could learn to pray, what would... Well, let's keep going. Paul goes back in 1 Thessalonians. Paul's talking to the church, and he says this. Oh, wait, I forgot the rest of James. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. Hey, we were praying for the sick. God answered. And the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I like that word. Wonderful results. All right, now let's go to the Thessalonians. Paul says this, always be joyful. Man, my English teacher said never use absolutes. Always be joyful. 
never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Be joyful. Be prayerful. Be thankful. How could our lives change if we could live this? When's the last time you were joyful? Not just happy. Happy happy comes when circumstances go your way. Joy isn't dependent on external circumstances. Joy is when our lives are anchored in something sure and strong, like the rock of ages. Happiness is fleeting. Joy is this intrinsic value that bubbles up inside us. When's the last time you were joyful? I was thinking about that this week. i got to be honest. I feel like it's been a while since I've been joyful. I've been happy a lot. I mean, I can think of a couple of times, but I feel convicted that my mind isn't flooded with things that I can remember of where I was joyful. What about you? Well, what about when's the last time you were thankful? You got something that you didn't deserve. Something good happened. You didn't expect it. You, and you were thankful. Quick story. I'll tell you a time when I was thankful. Two years ago, COVID is just starting. Everything is locked down. My sister is diagnosed with cancer. She works at a bank, which is awesome, except for the fact that if you work at a bank or, or you go to a bank or you've seen a bank when you drive down the road, you know that you walk in and you're dealing with people all the time and you're dealing with their money all the time, which is dirty to start with. Eek. So now she's going through treatments and she has this problem that she has to con- she has to contain as much as she can her safety. She doesn't know what she's going to do. Because the doctor is like, you can't work at a bank. You can't be with hundreds of people every day and deal with all this money that has germs let alone this COVID that two years ago, they were like, we still don't understand all this. Two hours ago, they probably are still saying we still don't understand all this. Anyway, that's a side note. So she called us and we started praying. We said, God, we don't know how you're going to work it out, but we know that you care for Christy. We know that you love her. We know that she's your child. And so we trust that you're going to work out the situation. We're not going to give you a list of suggestions because anything we suggest would fall short of the beautiful thing that you're going to do. Which is one of the problems that we have sometimes. Have you ever noticed that? God, I'd like a new car and I'd like it to be a four-wheel drive and I'd like it to... No, no. We, we weren't making this list of suggestions or ideas for God. We just said, God, we need this problem fixed. We know Christy is yours. Provide. So she calls us like two days later. It's like, you're not going to believe this. She, didn't work, she doesn't work at a, a big like name brand bank. It was a, a small independent bank. The owner found out what was going on. And she's worked there for years. And she and the owner have a good relationship. And he tells the manager, send her home. Tell her she will have full pay as long as she needs, but we love her and she needs to get well. This guy 
isn't even a Christian that I know of. But instead of, uh, instead of us worrying about God, what are you going to do? God just took care of it and said, she's going to be safe in her home. She's going to be provided for because she'll still be receiving her paycheck and she's going to be able to get well. Talk about thankful. That was something that I never would have even dreamed to pray. Hey, God, help her to get paid for not working. That wasn't even on my radar, and I'm glad I didn't suggest anything dumb to God, like help her with it. Like God took care of it. And that's one thing, one example of a time when I was just beyond thankful. And then I wonder, am I missing thankful moments? Am I missing joyful opportunities? And I wonder how my prayers would be affected if I were more aware of these moments that should be bringing me joy and thanks and I just dismiss them as that was lucky or I don't even notice them when they happen. Be joyful. Be prayerful. Be thankful. So, I gave you three challenges. I'm giving you one piece of homework. Aren't you just loving today? All right. One homework, and we're going to finish it up. Your homework this week is to commit to pray more. Commit to pray more. And some of you, I know, are going to say, but, but I still don't understand exactly. I, like, that sounds great until I start to pray and I make it about eight seconds and I'm through. So let me give you a simple, simple idea. Everybody hold up your hand. If I hold my hand like this, my thumb is the closest digit to me. I simply want you to go around your hand. It's closest to me. These are, these are my relatives, my friends, my family, my neighbors, my church family. I'm going to pray for those people that are close to me. Then I got my pointer finger. My pointer finger are those people that are leading me and guiding me. So I'm going to pray for my teacher and my pastor and my government officials and my leaders and my first responders. And I'm going to be praying for those people. And then my middle finger, which I'm not going to put that one up by itself because it'll be in the cyber world forever. But that's the highest finger I have. Which means the majority of my time, I'm going to be focused on God. Praising God. Thanking Him for what He's doing. Being joyful for the way He's providing. I'm going to bring Him... Um, concerns and needs, but I'm going to spend most of my time focusing on the attributes of God. I'm going to spend most of my time remembering that He's loving, that He's faithful, that He's forgiving, that He's kind, that He's good, that He's always with me, that He's all-powerful, that He can handle it. I'm going to remember all that. Then I'm going to get to my ring finger. My, my ring finger is one of my weakest fingers. I just don't use it a lot by itself. So I'm going to pray for the weak. I'm going to pray for the sick. I'm going to pray for the hurting. I'm going to pr pray for the people that I know that are mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever kind of weak God brings to mind. I'm going to pray for those people. And then my pinky, that's the smallest one. Smallest digit. I'm going to bring my needs to God. And it's not accidental that this is the smallest, that I am the smallest one. I'm amazed that by the time I get to here, I'm so overwhelmed by all that God has blessed 
and done for me that my list actually gets smaller. I still bring God my needs, but all of a sudden I realize, wow, God, you have blessed me so much, I, I feel guilty asking for more. So, you with me? Closest to me, people that are pointing the way, focusing on God, the weak, and then I'm going to bring my requests. Simple way to pray. So, anytime you don't know how to pray this week, you can just go, hmm. And if you don't remember what each of them mean, at least you can look at your hand a little bit. But uh, hopefully you can remember at least one or two of those. Jesus. We just scratched the surface today on reasons to bring, reasons to speak to you, things to bring to you. God, the truth is, the truth is, you want to be in constant communication with us. You want to be constantly abiding with us. So it feels weird even thinking about compartmentalizing our time with you because we want you to be present in every part of our life. I pray that you'll help us this week. Help us in those, those lulls in our busy schedule to think about praying and talking to you. Help us when we're anxious. Help us when we're unsure about the future. Help us when we're frustrated. Help us when we're excited and we see you moving. Jesus, may our lives be constantly in this mindset of talking to you. We love you. Thank you for loving us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Speaking of God's love, no place is it better displayed than at the table. Um, so we come to the table weekly because I don't know about you, but I need to be constantly reminded that this grace isn't anything I earn. This is God's grace that he gives. I need to be constantly reminded that everyone is welcome at this table. That this table is for anyone who is seeking to know Jesus better. So we come to the table. Some call it the table of great thanksgiving. Which I like since we're called to always be thankful. And we remember everything that this represents. We remember the night that our Lord was to be crucified. Oh, I'm looking for... Do I have my sanitizer? We remember that Jesus... Um, if you look in the final discourse uh, of the upper room, most of the time, Jesus was talking to God in prayer. I think that's a good model to remember. If Jesus needed this constant prayer time with God, how much more do we need it? But he was with his disciples and he prayed for them and he offered them the bread and the cup, which would represent, he said, his body that would soon be broken for us and his blood that would be shed on the cross for us for the forgiveness of our sins. 
So I'm going to invite you as you're ready to come. And if you'll come around the middle and then work your way back. And Jason, if you could help me, that would be awesome. I think that will help us get people through. Let me pray real fast. Jesus, thank you for this symbol that is so much more than just a symbol. As we take in the sugar and the carbs and we take in the elements, may we also take in your grace and your goodness and your mercy and your love so that it can energize us to be used for your ministry and your kingdom. Amen. As you're ready, come. So I did most of the liturgy before you came. Just take a moment. This might be a good time to start your prayer journey this week and thank God for what he has done. Just take a moment. Thank thank him for his body that was broken for you. We all know from our biology classes that the life is in the blood. Shed blood of Jesus is our life. Maybe take a moment just real fast and thank God for the life that you have because of the life that he gave. drink together. God, the, the salty of the cracker and the sweet of the juice are just one more reminder that you've called us to be salt. You've called us to be light in this world. I pray this week as we leave that we will be people of prayer. Because as we become people of prayer, you'll speak to us and you'll tell us how to, you'll teach us how to be people of action for your kingdom. So we commit this week to you and we pray it in your name. Amen. Would you stand with me? Hey, it's been good to be back. Sorry I went a little long. I was so excited being gone. I feel like I've been gone a lot lately.
Um, so, <laughs> sorry, you're stuck with me again. So, let's sing our benediction together. We sing hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our lives. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. We'll see you next week. Bye.